Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hello and happy Monday, faithful listeners. I hope that you enjoyed your weekend and that you had a nice, restful Sunday afternoon. So contact me and tell me what you did over the weekend. And also tell me what your Sunday tradition is. Do you guys go to church and then come home and have a nap? Because that's what my family always did. It was horrifically boring for me as a kid. So tell me what your Sunday routine is. And also tell me if you like to take naps or not. Now I have a sort of fun announcement regarding the Bible Explained podcast, I ordered bumper stickers so that uh, you guys can get yourself a bumper sticker of the Bible Explained podcast and stick it on your car window. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) I think it's going to be kind of cool to have the uh, car stickers made up. So you'll find those soon in the P40 Ministries shop. Faithful listeners, let's go ahead and uh, read Deuteronomy chapter 19, verses 14 through 21 today. And uh, I apologize to you guys because I actually read verse 14 on Friday and I completely 100% forgot to talk about it. I, I just brushed it right over. Totally forgot to talk about it. But I'm like going back on it now and I'm like, man, verse 14 has a lot to talk about and I would like to discuss it with you guys. So yes, I'm going to be rereading verse 14 of Deuteronomy 19. So make sure to grab your Bible and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and sit down and relax as we begin the podcast. You shall not remove your neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in your inheritance, which you shall inherit in the land that Yahweh your God gives you to possess. One witness shall not rise up against a man for an iniquity or for any sin that he sins. At the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall a matter be established. If an unrighteous witness rises up against any man to testify against him of wrongdoing, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before Yahweh before the priests and the judges who shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness is a false witness and he has testified falsely against his brother, then you shall do to him as he has thought to do to his brother. So you shall remove the evil from among you. Those who remain shall hear and fear and will never again commit any such evil among you. Your eyes shall not pity life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. All right, so verse 14, it says, You shall not remove your neighbor's landmark, which they of old times have set. So basically what this is talking about, I think, is that God gives everybody their portion of blessings. And it is not good for another person to try to take those blessings away. (laughs) I can actually give a really good example of this. In my old house, uh, we had two acres in the old house. And the people who lived in that house before us were like the strangest human beings on the planet. I swear it. And they put up a chicken coop on our neighbor's property. And I think we're housing chickens like in this chicken coop, like on the neighbor's property. And I don't know why the neighbor didn't complain about this like chicken coop. Trust me when I say this, I am fairly certain that uh, the people who lived in the house before us 
did not ask to build that chicken coop on the neighbor's property. It was really funny when I uh, ended up moving in with my husband. I was like, oh, wow, there's a chicken coop over there. Like we can, you know, house chickens. And Garrett's like, that's not on our property. I'm like, what do you mean it's not on our property? He's like, that's like just over the property line. They built that on the neighbor's property. I'm just like, that is so strange. But that's kind of what God is telling you not to do here. He's basically telling his people, like, look, the landmarks that are set up to say what a person's land is, no matter how much land they have, let's just say they have 4,000 acres of land, which is a lot of land, and you decide to, you know, put a chicken coop up just in a little section right there. God is saying, no, that's not right. If you know that that's your neighbor's property, you don't expand your own property into your neighbor's property because that is wrong. It says, you shall not remove your neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in your inheritance, which you shall inherit in the land which Yahweh your God gives you to possess. So I think what God is, is saying here is just be thankful for what you have. You might not have as much land as your neighbor. He might have, uh, like I said, 4,000 acres and you only have 200 acres. But even so, that 4,000 acres belongs completely to your neighbor. God gave your neighbor that amount of land and you got your amount of land. And that is something that you should be thankful for, regardless of the fact that your neighbor might have more. There's actually a book I went through with my college and career group called Satisfied, and it was written by Jeff Mannion. It was a very good study, and I actually recommend reading the book Satisfied because it talks a lot about making sure that you only focus on what's in your own bowl instead of looking at the bowls of other people. And he gives the analogy of like ice cream, where like two siblings, you know, get ice cream, get chocolate ice cream, and the dad scoops a scoop more, like a little scoop more into the brother's bowl. And it could be like in a minuscule amount, but the one brother will get so mad that he did not get the same exact amount of ice cream in his bowl because his little brother got a half a scoop more of ice cream. (laughs) And what Jeff Mannion is saying in that book is that just pay attention to your own bowl because God gives you so much blessings because your bowl is filled with ice cream and your bowl uh, has blessings in it, in a sense, like God did give you the ice cream in your bowl. So be thankful for the ice cream that is in your own bowl. But another thing I think we can talk about here with verse 14, regardless of being thankful for what we've been given, it's interesting that God says to respect what they of old times have set. And I think that this applies not just to landmarks, but really a lot of things. I've heard people say like, oh, the Bible is just so outdated. I don't really want to to listen to it. It's just so outdated. It's not for modern people at all. And, you know, I've been learning so much through this podcast. Like sometimes I, I feel like God is speaking to me when I when I'm researching this stuff, because it's like, wow, like so much applies to today. Like so much of biblical text is for modern audiences. But regardless, it's not a good reason to not read the Bible because it's outdated. The Bible is God's word. And regardless of the fact that he spoke it 2,000 years ago and prior to that, it doesn't mean that it's bad now. Just because it's 2,000 plus years old, instead we should be respecting what God has set in the Old 
times. So I just thought that was uh, interesting. I really like verse 14, actually, just talking about being satisfied and also not just like despising something because it's old. You know what I mean? But in verses 15 through 21, it talks about the, uh, the false witness. But first it goes into like what a witness is, like one that's not false. A witness was anybody who obviously like witnessed a crime or witnessed somebody breaking the law. They would go to the priest, they would go to the judges or the leaders of their community and talk about what was done and what crime was committed. However, if only one witness stepped forward, then the crime was like null and void, basically. That's stated all throughout scripture. It doesn't matter what crime was being committed. If only one witness saw it and only one witness stepped forward, then uh, it was null and void. And the person who potentially committed that crime would be set free. But for two or three witnesses, let's just say two or three people saw this person commit a crime. That person would be, you know, uh, under the law at that point, And that person would have to deal with the punishment of his crime. But it says here, if an unrighteous witness rises up against any man to testify against him of wrongdoing, then both the man between whom the controversy is shall stand before Yahweh, before the priests and the judges who shall be in those days. And then verse 18, it says, and the judges shall make diligent inquisition and behold, if the witness is a false witness and has testified falsely against his brother, then you shall do to him as he had thought to do to his brother. So let's just say (laughs) there's like uh, two people that are fighting with each other. And one of these people really, really hates the other guy. He hates him so much that he decides he wants to go to the court to try to get the court to do something bad to this guy. In other words, he's lying about this guy to the court. So he goes to the court before the priests and the elders and the leaders and the judge and whatever. And he says, I saw this guy over here, you know, committing this terrible crime of stealing. And I think that because I saw this, you need to chop that guy's hand off or you need to kill this guy. Even I'm sure that happened also. I mean, we see that happen with Jesus. False witnesses stepped forward specifically to get to Jesus to die. But what God says to do here is if a witness steps forward who is false, regardless of the amount of witnesses that it was, because maybe this was like a whole conspiracy, like somebody hired other witnesses, you know, to do this, kind of like the uh, chief priest did. You know, the chief priests themselves were trying to find witnesses, were trying to like hire false witnesses to testify falsely against Jesus. We see that happening also. But what God is saying to do here in Deuteronomy 19 regarding false witnesses is that the judge was supposed to make a diligent inquisition about these two witnesses to make sure that they were telling the truth. I really like that every time the court is like mentioned in the Old Testament and when God like puts it into place, he says that like an inquisition is supposed to be made regarding everybody. It's not just about the person who committed the crime. The judges were also supposed to make sure that the witnesses were telling the truth, like analyzing it from all angles. Almost like the way, like, uh, I guess FBI people do it now. And, you know, this is so advanced for this time period, like so insanely advanced, which is super cool. But anyway, 
the uh, judges were supposed to make sure that these witnesses were telling the truth. And if they find out that the witnesses are not telling the truth, here's what it says. It says, you shall do to him as he had thought to do to his brother. So you shall remove the evil from among you. So if these witnesses, these false witnesses were like, I saw this guy over here stealing something. You need to chop off his one of his body parts because I saw him doing that. It says that the judge will do what the false witness says against his brother. The judge will do it to the false witness. So the false witness instead will get his hand cut off for being a false witness. And this included all the way to like death. If a false witness came forward and was like, I saw this person committing this heinous sin and he needs to die for it according to the law, then it says that the judge would put that false witness to death. And the reason that this would happen, it says right here, so you shall remove the evil from among you. So lying and backstabbing were not supposed to happen in Israel. The Israelites were supposed to all be God's people collectively. Now, one last thing I can say about this is the fact that we see on the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus tells everybody not to like take vengeance on other people because of verse 21, actually, of Deuteronomy 19, where it says, you, your eyes shall not pity life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. And so the people of Jesus's time period and before that, took that verse to mean that uh, anybody could like take vengeance on somebody who hurt them in some way. But Jesus tells everybody on the Sermon on the Mount, he's like, no, like you've heard in the past that it says, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you to love each other. And what he's saying there is that it wasn't up for the individual person to like take vengeance on somebody who hurt them. It was first and foremost up to the court system, which is what this is talking about here in Deuteronomy 19. And of course, people misconstrued that over time. But what Jesus is saying that his followers need to do is to love each other, love each other deeply, because that is the law. That was the entire foundation of the law was first and foremost to love God and then to love other people. And of course, loving other people does not include being a false witness like these people are here. A false witness is like anti-loving somebody. A false witness is hating somebody and, and trying to do harm to another person through like the legal court system. So we as Christians need to take that to heart and think about that. You know, it's never good to lie about another person, even if they've hurt us. You know, it's never good to do that. And uh, it really, it's never good to gossip about somebody either. And I learned that lesson actually recently, I was really struggling with gossip. I talked to you guys about this actually on Friday. Oh man, I was struggling so hard with gossip. I was struggling so badly that I was having a hard time like not bringing it up in conversation. Like I, I wanted to like steer the conversation so that I could gossip about this person that was close to me that had hurt me. And I got taught a lesson <laughs> very kindly. Like God is very very kind when he teaches you lessons, but I got taught a lesson and I actually wrote about that in, uh, in my recent blog post. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, I'll link that in the bio of the podcast episode. But my point is, is that as Christians, we should be doing our best to imitate Jesus rather than, you know, 
doing what we want to do because you know our sinful nature like wants to backstab somebody if they've hurt us our our sinful nature wants to take vengeance out against somebody but god says that vengeance is his and there's actually a verse in romans that says you know to leave vengeance to god it actually says leave room for god's vengeance that's pretty interesting so allow god to take vengeance for you leave room for God's vengeance. How interesting is that? That's how much God loves us. Like God sees everything that happens. He sees everything that goes on in your life. He sees how people treat you, but he also sees how you treat other people. But when somebody does hurt you and you do the biblical thing of, you know, modeling Jesus the way Jesus wants us to live. And if you leave room for God's vengeance, he will give you justice in the end but it all it all comes back to faith really it all comes back to faith that if you choose to let go of the hurt that that person caused you will god avenge you and i believe yes he will because it says in scripture of course that he will in fact avenge you and he will give you justice in the end but your role as a christian of course and all of ours my role everybody our role is not to you know, gossip or lie or backstab or try to, you know, dole out your own vengeance on a person who hurts you. Rather, we leave it up to God and we just do what God asks us as Christians to do. Friends and faithful listeners, I do hope you enjoyed today's episode, that you learned some things about uh, the neighbor's landmark and how we should respect the ways of old. And uh, also that we ourselves should never be false witnesses because that is anti-biblical. But friends and faithful listeners, I do hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it on your social media platforms. I will see you all bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of John. Until then, happy listening and God bless.